0: board once again to the USS Henson and to Riser and Shine, your unofficial 2001 to 2005 Star Trek podcast. I'm your host Jason and join me on the bridge is my number one Michaela. Hello. Okay, full disclosure, we are not your hardcore Trekkies, I would say. Definitely not. Um, however, we are Star Trek fans. Yeah. But um, no matter how, how hard we've tried, we can never seem to be able to make it past three episodes of enterprise
1: (laughs) so this was episode (laughs) three
0: well which is why we created this podcast basically yeah Yeah. um so we're well aware that the show does have its fans um but for the most part it's probably one of the least liked entries in the trek canon um but we wanted to know either way once and for all (laughs) for ourselves you know is it worthy of its maligned reputation is it that bad and um yeah the only way we could do it is by creating a podcast so now we are committed we're locked in each week to discuss review rate an episode of the series until we complete its entire full season run so we're really committed to this
1: will we will we be able to make it well you're gonna have to stick through (laughs) I see we post
0: Um, well we've been here before right this is like you know the first third episode we've been to this part of the mountain we climbed the peak Yeah, we barely made it out so this is either going to be the best Star Trek podcast ever or the shortest one yeah. So this is kind of the tipping point, you know, if we're going to be back next week. So anyway, if you like what you, you'd like to know a little bit more about us and our history with the Star Trek franchise, we invite you to go back and check out Episode Zero, mm-hmm. um, over at anchor.fm, Spotify. Where else are we? Breaker, um, Radio Public,
1: Google, Google
0: Podcasts, all the usual, all the usual spots. Um, mm-hmm. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show. You can leave them at Riser and Shine on Facebook. Or if you prefer electronic mail, send us a hello to riser and shine podcast at gmail.com. Electronic mail. Yes.
1: You're so formal.
0: That's actually a joke. It's actually a joke, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, now it's time to take your stations as we get into our discussion of Enterprise Season 1, Episode 3, Fight or Flight. Okay, just a reminder that we're about to enter the spoiler quadrant right now so if you haven't seen the episode please go grab a prune juice get something to eat watch it come back and we'll be here we can discuss it and hang out again um otherwise should we just jump straight in yeah yeah let's go so i think we got off to a fairly decent start with the pilot episode broken Bow, um, and yeah. we both gave it three out of five three mm-hmm. out of five pips which is a commander level on our ranking scale um, so our, I would I think it's fair to say our expectations were fairly high going into this one. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it was going to be a good episode just being introduced to the characters. And that first episode, the double pilot, was quite action-packed. So I was kind of hyped to see what was going to happen next. Um, so what was your first, first contact thoughts, let's say? What was your first opinions about Episode 3, Fight or Flight?
1: Um, well has the episode started i think the the energy level definitely dropped yeah um, from the from the pilot
0: which um, is a li- i guess it's kind of the theme of the beginning of the episode because they're all sort of um yeah been two weeks i think travelling in space yeah
1: they haven't made any and first they haven't contact made any first
0: contact there's been no action right nothing
1: yeah. whatsoever they're really kind of eager to make a first contact with someone, but so far, nothing on the horizon, Nothing. You know? um, so so actually the only thing there is is a slug. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> um, Hoshi, she has a slug that she found on, somewhere in between those two episodes, they stopped off somewhere, and she found a slug, so she's been with Dr. Flots. but well, the slug is unwell, poor thing. Yeah. So she's been with Dr. Phlox. She's been in, nursing it. In sickbay nursing yeah. this, this slug. Um, Reed and Mayweather, they're busy, um, I think they're testing weapons and firing up asteroids. And um, Reed's a little bit sort of in a bit of a mood because he was um, not happy with how things are going at the moment and he yeah. feels that the ship, we launched way too early. Like yeah, they went, they left, the,
1: and that, that's the truth. They did leave um, before a lot of things were fully installed, fully tested. And all you know, all those kind of things, especially when it comes to weapons, which is his uh, area of expertise, um, and is actually one of the most important parts of the ship. Yeah, because you don't know who you're gonna meet, right?
0: Which is what kind of read was saying, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's like he's not happy because he can't. They haven't been calibrated correctly, so when did they shoot in
0: calibrated, Calibrated,
1: calibrated, sorry. Um, the, when they shoot in, um, they they're not you know the aim says one thing, and basically the torpedo goes off yeah. to another direction or a bit out of uh, of the aim. So that is a big issue for him. Um, so yeah. yeah, and then we saw them that we basically see them doing some testing, like shooting some torpedoes to uh, some asteroids, unlike yeah, so- he expected. Even if it's something like it's says zero point zero two percent of uh point is it actually happens to, you know when they try it in reality it's a s- several meters yeah
0: it's like the difference life. between hitting life. shields and hitting something else and right God, like yeah. and it could be a disaster basically yeah um so yeah they're not too happy and i kind of like maybe that's an early sign into the politics or what might later be an issue yeah in the series right yeah Where they're kind of flying a little bit
1: setting up some
0: underwhelmed and underpowered Yeah, that could be something that we explore a bit later on um, and Trip and Archer seem to be the two most itching for something to happen yeah because um,
1: they have a conversation with the pal yeah. later when, when they do find something
0: yeah I well, even before that when um, I think Trip and Dr. Phlox are in the mess hall and they're just kind of having a meal oh
1: yeah yeah that was a they're, yeah.
0: they're having a meal and um, Trip is first of all he's not impressed with the food. It's all sort of resequenced protein. Um, but Flocks, he's having a ball.
1: But then it doesn't really make sense because don't they have a chef?
0: Um, they do have a chef, but who hmm. knows? I guess he's
1: maybe some food gets using certain
0: yeah certain ingredients or, for certain yeah. foods, and yeah they don't maybe have all the um, fresh and um, available ingredients. as so some things
1: yeah maybe, must be yeah.
0: sort of resequenced, replicated, or whatever it may be. But Trip is not happy with the food. <laughs> but and it kind of sums up the whole feeling. Um, yeah, the
1: quite, kind of, of boredom of the, of the
0: boredom. You know, you often hear about that um, sort of military personnel when they're out on operation. Yeah. They get desperate and bored to fire weapons or do something. Yeah, right. Um, which is odd thing. You're like, let's blow something up. Let's kill yeah. something. So, yeah, it's kind of a strange state of being. But. It is what it is. Then the only, that's how they're feeling. Yeah,
1: the only person that seems to have fun is actually Doctor Flux because
0: he's, having, he, a ball, right? yeah, he's, he's having a
1: ball. Yeah, he's having a ball because he's he's there and he's been at the uh um, He's uh, studying humans. Yeah, he's you know studying the he's behaviors. And, he's
0: observing all. The, so yeah. he's kind of enjoying all the food. It's for him. Even talking during the meal, he says to to trip that talking in a meal during a meal as a the is a waste of time you know but you know since being around humans and other species on the ship it's something he's got used to and he quite enjoys it Um, and he's been keenly observing the different crew members their habits and behaviours and they're up to relationships he
1: hints out to a couple which is they're just having a meal they're not even talking to each other actually during the meal and he says oh it looks like they're going to mate later yeah you know do you think they're gonna let me watch yeah
0: right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting just the sort of um the everyday ho-hum sort of life on a ship basically yeah. explorers who are exploring but they haven't found anything interesting yeah, not
1: not um species I mean they've found as we see like animals perhaps plants or something but yeah
0: that's nothing right it's not it's it's not what they sign up for which trip says you know I I didn't sign up for this you know kind of even though I'm the engineer I want to engineer some shit you know I want to do something (laughs) Um, but be careful what you wish for because Mm. they do get to meet a bit of action yeah to Paul, she detects a ship that's kind of floating sort of immobile in space just sort of nothing happening um, and Archer tries to make contact tries to hail them and they get no response. no response yeah nothing's sort of happening so of course he wants to sort of take a closer look and I think he gets Mayweather just to kind of get a bit nearer to see what's happening because he's kind of spots something on the hull of the ship which looks from at one point to be maybe some sort of portholes or something like that some sort of Fuselage of the ship, but then, second thoughts, it was um, evidence of weapon fire. Mm. So something so something went down. Yeah, they've been attacked, um, and they were by a bioscan, and they, it reveals that there's some life forms, low level, low level sort of cellular activity, but life forms nonetheless.
1: Yeah.
0: So um, yeah, Archer's keen to get over there, and we kind of see this enthusiasm about him. He's a brilliant about going over, and yeah getting the team out there but um Paul she's kind of like whoa
1: yeah Tupal is easy.
0: the <laughs> voice
1: of reason
0: she's like you know As she's
1: supposed to well be. she's immediately
0: like if that's weapons fire we should leave she's yeah. not even like let's have a quick look <laughs> or let's continue scanning she's like let's
1: let's just go let's not our <laughs> business no one asked for our help so it's just bounce yeah. and um and basically, there is this exchange. So there is uh, uh and uh, Tucker and Archer. Yeah. And you know, they say, "Oh no, we should go. We should go." The, the two guys are eager to go, and she yeah. she says something like, "If your curiosity, if you insist on your curiosity, sort you know, overriding overriding your,
0: your you know, reason reason and logic." Yeah. And
1: logic And uh, Hart was like, we insist. We insist. (laughs) Um,
0: So Yeah, we've already had a little bit in the first episode, just kind of seeing the different approaches um, and just different viewpoints between humans and Vulcans Mm. in the um, Broken Bow. So we kind of, and obviously if you're a Star Trek fan, you already know the sort of history and the differences between Vulcans and humans. So yeah, I kind of like the fact how... She's almost amused by the fact that humans are just like these curious puppies. Yeah. That kind of. nose she noses comes in across. <laughs>
1: she comes across quite rigid. Like I know she's Vulcan and she's everything. Vulcan. I know. I know that. But um, in the way that I don't know, she talks. She is. It's very firm. It's not like okay, this is a situation. I caught like this kind of minor. Um, tone to, to actually say things is really, really firm. Mm. It's not like, it's almost like... Arrogant? It, not arrogant. Superior, sort of. Um, not arrogant. Mm. It's more think, like... Um, do you think? Like she's giving orders, you know, in a way.
0: So it's almost like... Yeah, because maybe, so, you know... Because obviously
1: she's there on behalf of the, of the, the Vulcan High command. command, yeah.
0: And of course the history up until then is that Vulcans have been advising humans in yeah. regards to inter- interstellar space travel. Exactly,
1: because they have no experience, humans. This is the right. very first yeah. uh, in outer space, or very
0: sp- first deep space, of deep space exploration. Yeah. Um, and if we go back again to that first episode, we already know that the humans figured out their warp technology themselves um, mm. without the help of the Vulcans, who yeah. didn't want to help them for whatever reason. Um, so there is that sort of um, yeah, tension between the two. Mm. I think humans don't like the way that Vulcans look down, I guess. Yeah. Um, to the humans. will Or yeah. feel that they're the um, um, subordinate mm. sort of race to them. And yeah, maybe you're right. That comes through with T'Pol at the moment. At least for now, she's definitely... Yeah. She represents a Vulcan High Command on that yeah. ship, and as far as she's concerned, um, yeah, she's
1: quite author- Vulcans, authoritative in the way that she talks. Very
0: authoritative, and Vulcans are um, superior to humans. Yeah, yeah,
1: because it's not like
0: there's always a questioning tone in in the way she responds. Yeah, it's, it's almost like to say, "Do you really want to do that?" Like she's kind of <laughs> she's kind of got that tone to her.
1: Yeah, there's that, and and in a, in a, this particular. Um, I think I don't know if it's this particular scene and this exchange, or in another one. But I really noticed like it was very like really firm. It wasn't just like okay, this is the situation. She, considering that as a Vulcan, she's um, controlling her emotions. It should be It should come out as very na- neutral. Her tone should be neutral. real neutral. Yeah, should be very uh, real, really ne- neutral. But it started, to me it came out quite, I'm telling you, and you should, really should do this.
0: She must be an Aries.
1: Oh please. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know, huh?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, well, despite her protestations and um, I guess her suggestions, Archer is not interested. Yeah, mm. He's he's itching to go. <laughs> yeah. Um and he basically orders Reed to prep a shuttle and he asks Hoshi. Hoshi to, to go. And, and she's not been a happy bunny. She's no. she's very apprehensive about going. Um so essentially this is a character piece, a player piece episode. Yeah, it's kind about
1: of Hoshi.
0: Hoshi's episode. And I guess Star Trek kind of formula, each character will have their own
1: Shine episode, yeah. We and the backstory, yeah.
0: How they react and behave when under certain pressures. Mm. Or they have a task to do. Or when they're put into certain situations. Especially with another crew member. How that works. How they bounce off each other. And yeah, this one, this episode seems to be Hoshi's mm. introduction to us, I guess. Um, and yeah, she's been... She wasn't happy even from the beginning. Which
1: is, which is actually interesting if you think about it. Because considering that this is the very first episode after the pilot, I wouldn't necessarily start with Oshi. She's not... I mean, she's one of the main bridge characters, but I would expect it to start off with maybe someone like Archer or uh, Tucker, you know, someone else. I wouldn't... Maybe, well, maybe, she wouldn't have been my first choice. Maybe it's that's why they did it, maybe yeah. that's why
0: they did it, because maybe everyone's expecting the sort of most, I guess...
1: Obvious extrovert yeah.
0: quote-unquote characters or the ones you know, yeah. that's getting the most screen time, which would be Captain and Trip, because mm. they have a previous relationship even before going on board mm. Enterprise, you'd think that maybe it we'll would throw those two, or one of them at least, into these sort of character um, player episodes. Yeah. But yeah, they went with, yeah, with Oshii, yeah. yeah, Maybe because in this episode it's one about communication and sort of language and um, confidence, and so maybe just picking her character. She seems maybe the most maybe um, insecure at the moment. Yeah. So maybe with this particular story, she would be the best representation yeah. of expressing that theme.
1: Yeah. So um, we, we 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 see at the beginning that the uh, the episode opens up where I uh, we said earlier she's uh, kind of nursing this uh, slug uh, in Doctor Floss Flock's kind of uh, in the
0: Med Bay or the something. Med
1: Bay exactly so and she's funny because the way that she talks about the slug is as if the slug is female yeah right so it's a kind of and Dr. Phlox lets her know that you know we don't know whether it's a female or male you know or what gender is this uh, this slug but she carries on and in and, and, and then later we, as the episode unfolds we realise that is it was almost like she was talking of herself even though she was talking about the slug, right? Yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: I guess the slug was her sort of avatar or totem to kind of project how she was feeling onto this creature. yeah, Sort of small, alone, and sort of overwhelmed by everything around her in some way. Exactly. yeah.
1: Because really, we have to remember, she was not... uh, you know, although she obviously was chosen by Archer, she was a teacher. You know, yeah. um, on on Earth, so she wasn't exactly uh, uh, envisaging rest of her life going out into deep space and and doing crazy adventures, right? She was she's happy with what she does Seems she's happy in the classroom she's, yeah she's really she really enjoyed that and yeah and obviously she enjoys languages and that's a great thing and she's proud of her uh sort of her job her position and everything but she seemed quite content doing that on earth it wasn't she earth. did yeah. yeah it wasn't a a desire to go actually into deep space
0: right so, which she expresses to archer yeah. Um when she was kind of unsure about not going and going on on this mission down to the ship with him yeah. and and Reed she did express that you know she didn't really want to do this and be yeah. out in deep space <laughs> and Archer says you know well you came along and yeah. um she's I like yeah because you
1: kind of forced me You kind
0: of forced me to do it. Um and then when he's like you know don't worry about it I need you down there. Mm. He, I think she kind of admits to him that she's not... Well, the space suits, the environmental suits make her feel claustrophobic. yeah. And he's like, and you apply to work on, live on a spacecraft. So, mm. yeah, he was... And that's when she's, oh, but, you know, you're the one who...
1: Yeah, you forced me, to forced along, me yeah.
0: Convinced me to come along. I was quite along.
1: happy to be in my classroom on Earth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Archer, he's kind of not... I guess he can see He's that. not
1: taking... Yeah, but it's not really... Good. Giving into her no, excuses he, at all? He's not. You know? Yeah,
0: because I guess I think he's got. Com- he has got confidence, in yeah. and he can see her value. Yeah. So he didn't want to say, "Okay, you know," he said, "No, you're coming." Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, did, just put her in a position where she could not really get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she goes down with. Uh, well, the, pot- the shuttle pod takes down Archer Reed and Hoshi to the alien ship, and they board the vessel. And it's immediately got this kind of uh, horror film, yeah. alien vibe about yeah. it. Um, it's kind of sort of old and, and worn. The, the interior is very dark and mm. just sort of flashes of light here and there from broken bulbs are just kind of intermittently sort of sparking and lighting the scene, but it's essentially quite dark. Um, and it's freezing cold. Remember Archer says that it's like minus 20 or something. Yeah, minus so 20. It's, it's kind of hostile environment. Um, but as they're kind of searching along, they discover something quite ominous and it's like blood basically yeah. sort of across the walls and on but the floor but it's like
1: blue blue-green liquid, it's, it's right? blue green liquid right so it's sort of, not like the blood that we used to
0: yeah like um,
1: red signs or but, something so it's not immediately that they realize it's blood not
0: they blood just, but something gross obviously some yeah. sort of viscera because it's yeah. the way it's dripping down the walls is like
1: yeah
0: um this is doesn't look good. This doesn't look like it should not be there. Yeah, basically, it's so not. So they part, follow not part of the decor
1: <laughs> exactly. So they follow the the this drops drips whatever you want to call them drip, drop, drip, drip, Stop it, and um, and they get into this room uh, where they find a large. Uh, bay oh, yeah, with the um, so, hydraulic
0: machines. Yeah, they kind of find, so they find basically more of this blue green liquid blood Yeah, so
1: just follow juice, the signs, yeah. And
0: it's kind of in this kind of hydraulic sort of system and it seems like it's pumping or flushing or coming from somewhere, somewhere right? Somewhere, yeah. Um, so they're kind of like trying to follow the, the clues, basically, where, what is this green blue blood and where is it coming from and what are these hydraulics have to do with it type mm. of thing so um, they begin sort of, sort of yeah, following the clues um, and at that point Hoshi I think they hear a noise so they kind of head in that direction um, and then Hoshi sort of as she's panning her torch across the surfaces of the interior she kind of looks up and she just lets out this mad chilling, scream, scream chilling chilling
1: yeah
0: spine chilling scream scream and then we sort of look up and then we see these bodies hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, like,
1: aliens, yeah.
0: They look like, almost like, they reminded me of the Borg. Yeah.
1: Like the way they're just look. kind of,
0: not sort of standing and just sitting, so not sort of plugged yeah. in to the, the Matrix, the, but the, they're kind of these sort of lifeless, stiff bodies.
1: They're hanging, like, um, they
0: like slaughtered animals, like from a
1: Yeah, or something like that, or, or like um, But they've got
0: that greyness about them and they yeah. look, they've got the dark kind of clothing, so they kind of remind me of Borg, but freshly hung
1: <laughs>
0: sort of ham on Spanish ham, sort of Borg. They're just kind of hanging from the ceiling, and then we kind of realise that oh, that liquid belongs to them. Yeah. They're being I don't know. There's basically tubes coming out of them. They're being sort of drained,
1: drained of and the blood, flushed yeah. Flushed of, of yeah.
0: whatever's that green, blue liquid is, which we'll find out a bit, a bit, a bit later what it is. Um, the guys um, return back to Enterprise, and after. Concur, Archer concurs with Topal that they should get out of there, basically, because whoever's did, whoever hung up these aliens are going to come back.
1: For sure, so for, yeah, for
0: sure they're going to come back. So they warp, they warp out of there, they resume their course. But Archer is not a happy bunny. Um, he, he f- yeah,
1: he feels guilty, right? Because yeah. he's got—he's a quite helpful type of guy. It's a bit like the Boy Scout yeah, <laughs> style.
0: The, the Bridge Boy Scouts. Yeah. Think. He's yeah.
1: he's like he sees people in trouble, he will never turn his turn his shoulders right and just walk away.
0: Yeah, he feels the guilt of abandoning them and I think he even lays down I think sort of a challenge to to Paul to think, you know, if they were Vulcans, would you have left them? And um, she's like, Well if logically yes if there there was no other choice then Mm. I would have to leave them but Archer is not that's not him that's not human that's not Federation so eventually he orders Mayweather to turn back basically and head back to this ship and see what they can do Mm. Um, but this time he takes I think he takes Trip yes Yeah. he takes Trip who now gets to see a bit of action Um, Hoshi is with them again and Dr. Phlox, I think, he comes along as well, right, so that he can kind of figure out what it is that's, what's being flushed out of these aliens and what's kind of being drained.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and he discovers that it's um, triglobulin, I think. Um, yeah. which It's a very valuable liquid that people often use to create medicines.
1: Vaccines, vaccines aphrodisiacs. aphrodisiacs,
0: yeah. and whatnot. So for sure, someone is definitely coming back because it looks like they had just started draining and... Um, sort of, um, yeah, because even the,
1: the box of the hydraulics turbulent. was like half full.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: So, so there's that, and obviously, um, Hoshi is instructed with uh trying to establish communication, use their um trying to send a distress signal. That's right, to, uh, she
0: kind of deciphers yeah. the, whatever language these aliens have, and she manages to um send out a distress signal yeah. the ship, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um
1: so they're in the process they're basically doing all this and at this point um, topal tell them, guys, I think whoever was supposed to come back is on his way back.
0: Yeah that's right um, basically another vessel approaches with a power signature that matched matches the sort of um,
1: the damage the that damage the world, yeah. that
0: was on the outside of the ship that originally mm. drew them to go and check it out So all the pieces of the puzzle, Coming together at this yeah, point, yeah. and um, it's definitely time to.
1: <laughs> we get first look at the at the this alien ship, which has a quite a parasitic design.
0: Yeah, I was... quite liked
1: it though. I thought it was pretty cool
0: so far in terms of right? um, ship watch. That's kind of the coolest ship we've seen. Yeah, outside of the ones that we, so the Enterprise sort of got that classic design.
1: Yeah,
0: and um, we've seen that we kind of know the Klingon design that we've seen, but this one.
1: Yeah, it, it, I'd it, say
0: this is the most. It, it, reminds, nice it reminded it so reminded me
1: like some kind of design you find in a video game back from the old school video game style. Oh really? Yeah, you know kind like of something like asteroids a, or those one of
0: those. Oh right, yeah. yeah. It reminded me of a, a bit of a um, scorpion's pincer or a
1: Yeah, definitely has that sort of kind of yeah, like a, a parasite kind of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the sound of claws or something. had that kind of mm. feel to it. Yeah. Um yeah, but that was definitely Quite
1: aggressive design,
0: um, yeah. It's aggressive, but it it was an, an impressive looking ship. So they appear, um, and as the shuttle pod returns to Enterprise, the this vessel sort of fires and knocks out the, sh- the starship's port, um, nacelle, yeah. And um, Reed gets a chance to fire his um, slightly broken torpedoes, <laughs> yeah,
1: which don't even but they prove to be cooled them. yeah. They're useless so against ever. this
0: other ship's. Yeah. obviously superior defenses. so like I said, it, it hardly nothing. And getting, he, might well, he might as well have blown him a kiss. It was yeah, like, literally. Didn't do, didn't
1: it, it, it was so funny because we actually starting to realise how unequipped and unprepared...
0: This is definitely something they're setting in general, up for later but when yeah. we start, I'm sure. So yeah, they're kind of hinting that this ship is, is kind of not ready, right? It's yeah. kind of...
1: This is this was the worries of Reed earlier in the episode, and now if we start to see that he did have a valid point.
0: Yeah. Well, this is the first instance, right? Yeah. Okay. So this, I'm wondering, is this something that's gonna come up again? Where they're gonna come up against an adversary, I'm sure, a situation where they are not quite equipped with the tools that they need, and that's not to say they. Don't have them because they're not invented it's just that they left without without it yeah in the first place so um that will be interesting to see if they do pick up on that and it'd be good i guess it would be a good test to find out what the ship can do and yeah. what ingenious ways the crew can come together
1: and how they compare how they,
0: how they compare how yeah. they get out of how they get out of things because that's what I love mm. about Star Trek as well.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: You know, sometimes when they... You
1: always know they the gonna find the solution. They're going to find the solution
0: but it's how they do it. Yeah. Who comes up with the idea and just the combination of yeah. the characters that we know.
1: Yeah.
0: How they fit together and yeah. how they solve this situation. I do love that with Star Trek. So I hope later on we do come into a situation where the ship's inadequate...
1: Um, and there's no one to help
0: yeah so in advocate sort of um, status kind of puts them in a pickle where they have to figure Mm -hmm. a way of getting out of it yeah sometimes as well they use the gift of their gap it's not always a thing what they can technically do you know sometimes they have to buy time to fix something to moderate Mm -hmm. some shield to change some phase cycle or something like that so that always interests me as well to find see how they kind of get out things using their human ingenuity in some ways
1: yeah yeah
0: um so yeah at this point the i guess the crew they find themselves being oh yeah that's it so they get probed basically
1: yeah they get probed by exactly.
0: whoever this ship is and he does a, a bioscan um across the the ship
1: and this is the f- very first experience they don't know what's going They've on, what's and, going on. Uh, um, i think it was is it dr flocks i think them? F-
0: so yeah so basically flocks figures out that
1: yeah
0: what it because i think when he first sort of sees the creatures and he figures out the um Triglo- Triglobin, yeah that is some sort of similar to the human lymphatic system so yeah. that scan what they do across the ship is probably what they're looking for to see if there's anything they could drain yeah from these from, from the humans
1: yeah
0: um, and this is something that always puzzles me in Star Trek where they come across um, an alien entity and they either can just immediately beam onto the bridge and cause havoc or just run a scan
1: yeah, when across. Yeah, they basically have no, even later in other no series. No like the same. Yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> defense mechanism really. The shields they only come up with, unless you tell them to. And obviously in this case, they don't even exist right, I don't think right now. But later, even in later series, it's always like, you're traveling into deep space. Why wouldn't you just have the shields up? <laughs> like as, a, as thinking, a standard is thing it,
0: does it drain i think that might yeah be. probably but it, does but it then does why would not you
1: do design it something that allows them to Shield you know up. it's like saying it's like saying oh i'm going around with no phone case on my phone
0: which people right do.
1: which do yeah a lot of people do but they also have the bloody screen cracked right <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like that's the whole
0: screen a po- 40%
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know so um,
0: but I love that that's kind of the things that Star Trek nerds always talk about like see, but there's no there's no to this day I don't think there's <sighs> belts.
1: just to mean nuts
0: and people how many times when the people get flung from their station yeah. across the bridge and uh, we were
1: laughing I remember once we picked pecan- they're dead yeah <laughs>
0: That's it. If he yeah. had a seatbelt, he'd probably be alive, or she had a, some restraint, yeah. she'd probably be alive, but no. And then there's always that person that comes to fill in their spot, that comes in, <laughs>
1: yes.
0: who's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: but if that was um, me, ciao now.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they get scanned, basically. They get scanned,
1: and then at that point, um,
0: Another vessel joins the party. Yes, so the part says
1: there is a third
0: a third ship. ship comes into play and hails the Enterprise, and this alien captain is the same species of the slaughtered aliens yeah. hanging from the, the ceiling. ceiling of the other ship. Um, and But there is problems with the
1: communication because the universal translator re- computer is still not really working.
0: Well, it seems so. Yeah. Hoshi's um, message that she sent from the ship yeah. obviously got out. Yeah. These guys have returned into space. They've got the message, and yeah. So, but they think that the Enterprise
1: is the one that attacked them, right? And the and they're like, so they're trying to tell them, look, what if yeah, if we were the one attacking you, why would we send a distress signal, right? You know, doesn't make sense. But basically, this is the moment where we kind of uh, see Hoshi she being
0: this is where she kind of comes into her, her and own and her role, right? Yeah, comes into her own and this, she
1: has to find the confidence that she doesn't think she has because earlier in the episode uh, after obviously the bad experience that uh, once she, they found the bodies um, we, we see her Kind of uh, having a conversation with the trip, I think it was, and she's telling him, oh, "I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell Archer to take me back home. Right. This is not for me. This is, you know, blah blah blah." This is when I remember. This is when they were uh, deciphering um, the system in the in the ship when they went back the second time. Right. And uh, so she was really, really insecure. And and as far as she was concerned at that moment, her experience of the sort of first visit when she had this uh, horror experience, that kind of sealed the deal with her. said, I'm not cut for this life. I need to go home.
0: And she was kind of embarrassed, right? Because when she was speaking to Flops after she You know, she was like, oh, I screamed like a little girl, 12 year old girl <clears throat> yeah. when she was first down on that ship. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that fed into her own sort of um, insecurities yeah. and feeling of not being confident and not being the right person for the job. Yeah. It just kind of um, emphasized that, yeah, a lot more. So. The UT translates, so right now, this alien ship is getting ready to blow Enterprise out of the sky because as far as they're concerned, they're the perpetrators I and mean, been draining the people of their lymph mm-hmm. yeah. fluids. Um, and she's trying to communicate to this aliens that, no, hold on, it's, it's not us, it's this, this other ship yeah. that's here, it, it's these and, ones. And
1: they're now taking us and then we, in fact, we see for the first time and their crew see for the first time um, what a tractor beam is. Right, they're getting. That's right. Taken and from the tractor beam, and uh, they don't have experience with it. They don't know what it is.
0: Well, first um, of all, wait. Isn't that ship that? So basically, the UT is not working. Yeah. Hoshi is having trouble to communicate. the, the whole situation. Um, and doesn't the, that ship sort of, it begins to drill down or something, begins to kind of try to drill into the hole.
1: Yeah, I think that was, I think that's later. First they grab them with with a tractor beam and they kind of bring them to themselves. And then they, when they start then the drilling, um, that's when the conversation happens with um, with the other species that, you know, the um, oh she speaks to.
0: Right, yeah. With
1: the original sort of the the victim species.
0: Right. Oh yeah, that's right. So then she abandons this the translators just is a no go. Yeah. Google
1: Yeah, Archer Teller, you have offline. to do it.
0: Yeah, we need you to kind of you know enough to libre. kind of <laughs> yeah. basically get the message across. Yeah. Um you gotta speak to them directly and in the best that you can in this language. Yeah and um she's under pressure like she Hoshi, she, yeah. she doesn't think she can do it and when she first starts to speak she does kind of stumble her way yeah, through yeah
1: it's quite insecure
0: They're a bit like us on i know <laughs> <podcast>. right <laughs> <laughs> we know how she we feel your yeah your, your the pain, pain. yeah, yeah. Um, the pressure of trying to have this constant flow of words and everything sounding poetic and completely natural so it was quite hard because yeah, Im-
1: imagine that i mean when you obviously i you know, English not being my first language uh, when I was learning it, in I learned in school, like I learned other languages. And it's always different. Even if you've been learning a language for many, many, many years, it's always different from when you read it and you write it, or even you. Uh, speak it but within the boundaries of your sort of exercise your learning exercise and then when you're out on the street on you know in a real life situation when and you have world, to communicate with a person of that native language right
0: yeah when it, you're in the real world it completely it's, it's different yeah it completely half the things you learn in the class or from the book yeah. or from everybody, from the
1: teacher, yeah everybody says outside, I, I don't like, understand there was nope. an a, a plus student in, in so and so language and then I went up there and I couldn't understand
0: most of the time. Shit, it so, for shit. yeah. yeah. Like I know. remember
1: when I first moved to the UK. The first four four months, I couldn't understand anything. And I was I when I moved, I was already uh, uh, um, what you call them quite prof- proficient by the standards of academic standard. I was right. proficient level, and still, <laughs> it did. was a complete. It was so overwhelming, like everything. So I totally understand. And, and obviously she hasn't even studied this language, it's completely brand new.
0: Completely new, and the translator's not helping her because yeah. it's busted in some ways, it's just not this working. This girl
1: is a real genius, she like, did. if you think about it.
0: Yo, she does well, right? Because she manages to convince the aliens that yeah. the Enterprise is not the ones, we're yeah. friendly people, we're trying to help you, and it's in fact this other ship that's trying to drill into our, our hull to take yeah. us out. It's these guys are the, the ones, and eventually she does express that in the language and I think that aliens quite impressed so I quite yeah. like the design of him but he was yeah. like oh yes oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 understand. I understand okay yeah, yeah. okay let oh, me do it I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you say so oh she said that in the first it place it kind of remind me
1: of like a Japanese guy the one we met in Japan
0: yeah he did he just when they finally
1: understand they have a similar he kind of got it. reaction yeah he just was
0: like yeah I, oh, I get, I get, you. I so, get so, you so so
1: so so so. yeah I get, I get you
0: I get you I understand I understand so that was good so and I think Hoshi I mean I don't know if it's the she became the Hoshi moment I'm sure there's going to be some more episodes where mm. she really cements who she is and, and what's her role in the crew in you know in the grander scheme of things but once she figures out and What to say, the alien captain from the ship understands. Um, you can see that moment in her, she, she did yeah, it, yeah. Right? Satisfaction, she, she yeah, she did it as a sort of that relief, but like a, a victory, yeah. Definitely. It was definitely a
1: victory. It was more than a one way,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Because it wasn't
1: just like, okay, I solved this immediate situation, right? We got out of it, but also it was a deeper satisfaction of oh, I can actually do this. I might just be able to do this, you know?
0: Right, exactly. It
1: was that kind of victory.
0: And she did it because the alien species, which I guess they're now their their friends, right? They um, immediately begin to fire and attack this other vessel. Yeah,
1: they destroy them.
0: Uh, Well, at first they kind of send off some shots and kind of shakes them off attacking the... Enterprise,
1: yeah. Reed finally gets to fire at yeah. again.
0: Some of yeah. the, is it spatial torpedoes? I think. Yeah. He fires some torpedoes off. Um, manages to rock the ship a little bit more now.
1: Yeah. And they then uh, get away. Their um, new
0: friends. Um, and I think we get their name. They're called the Axonar. I think they're called the Axonar. Mm. They finish off this ship. Basically, yeah. they just send it. Breath. They just blow it to smithereens out the sky.
1: Yeah. And we find out that this uh, um, species they live uh, about four hundred years.
0: Really? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they
1: have a lifespan of about 400 years, so you wow. probably... I hope we can find them later.
0: Hopefully, because they were kind of cool and they seem like friendly, nice guys. And I want to know <laughs> what their, um, uh, their, their trigobulin does, what it does.
1: And now, what is it <laughs> used Why is for? it so
0: valuable and what, what yeah. people have been using? I, mean, I know he was saying like probably vaccines and aphrodisiacs and medicines, but yeah, it'd be interesting to know why that's so popular. Um, but um, yeah, so they ended up they end up taking out that that ship, um, and then I think before resuming course again, so I think they become friends. I think you hear in Archer's log that he's went to hang out with the the Axanoth a little bit mm. and um, found out a little bit more about them. Um, so he kind of got to know them, and then the episode kind of ends with. They take up sort of a brief they carry on resuming their course but they take this brief detour
1: yeah. for
0: hoshi to take sluggo, sluggo. yeah they find a the, the planet and um it's not exactly home but it's close enough and um it's some it's some place where um the slug can adapt basically it's yeah. kind of found
1: and it's a metaphor
0: found its space and found its home and it's comfortable and yeah it can adjust and yeah it's basically like you said It's wrapping up and sort of showing how Hoshi herself has found her home and is comfortable and is just going to adapt and make the most of it. So, yeah, it was a nice kind of ending. Ending, yeah. Nice, sweet ending, sort of nice bow on it. And yeah, we kind of got to see a little bit of Hoshi, who she is and what she can do. And I'm hoping she's going to take that confidence now and just... um, Blow us away with some some other last minute translations that saved the mm. day. Um, yeah, because she's not keen to have a gun in a, a phaser in her hand or anything like that. I think she's going to be too useful.
1: Yeah, I don't even think she seems to be like her um, uh, qualifications. We 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 hear her in, in the episode uh, when they have to when they were suiting up to go to the ship the first time. Um, I think Archer asked her what, what she qualified to, uh, what does she have the sort of a license to kill, you know, in a right. way. What kind of weapons can she have? Um, and yeah. it's kind of quite basic, I don't, obviously, uh, being a, a, a linguist, she's not going to have the in-depth knowledge or particular uh, licenses to, to uh, use certain kind of weapons, say, as someone like Reed, which is, that's his area
0: yeah um, yeah I'm sorry. She, Yeah, she's an interesting character and I think so far I'd say Flock, Dr. flocks and Hoshi are the two that I enjoy and Trip, yeah. Trip a little bit as well because obviously he seems to have the personality
1: yeah we haven't seen a lot it is. it seems to be a bit bubbly and he's quite hmm maybe um cheeky he kind of come, come comes across as a bit of a smart ass, you know
0: yeah well, he's got a quip or something to say some sort of um comeback in some yeah. way a sort of backhand answer. so yeah. yeah he's i'm sure he's gonna be a um, popular character going forward yeah, yeah i think
1: so too
0: as we kind of get to know him he seems like if he's gonna beam down or go down or go on the shuttle pod I should say down to the planet
1: yeah it's definitely it's a man of action it's not your typical engineer that likes to be locked up uh you know in some <laughs> yeah. jeffrey tube yeah. he definitely likes to, be, to be in yeah. the action yeah
0: yeah he wants to be out and about so yeah hoshi she she was good and yeah I like hoshi um dr flocks I think so far and I'm really like I like to pole I know she's kind of rigid and stiff she's a vulcan but I, I do like vulcans I just, yeah, you, yeah
1: I like you, Vulcans as well as a whole.
0: It's just because they're that extreme and then when they meet... I'm
1: not sure... ...the other side I, uh, of the
0: spectrum, it's just always fun.
1: I I don't know, i I'll love to see more episodes to... you know, to, to to have a full picture of Antipole.
0: Okay, yes, fair enough. Um, yeah, a, a quiet taste. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, 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 I like them in general. Of course, I like Spock, you know. I like Uh, uh to walk that we had on Voyager. I, I, I enjoy Vulcans, I really enjoy them. Just this particular Vulcan, I'm still on the fence. I'm, it's way too early for me to say anything right now. I'll, okay. I'll give it a few more, maybe next episode, the one after, I don't know, I'll have something else.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll see. To
1: say, I don't know, yeah.
0: he's yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, that's it, I think. I think it's time to give this episode a rating give it our score okay yeah sure um, at Riser and Shine we rate each episode on a 1 to 5 pip scale which is essentially in line with the Starfleet rankings so if you think of an Ensign being 1 pip and an Admiral being 5 pips that's yep. kind of how we do it so for episode 3 Fight or Flight what's your score?
1: um yeah so overall I think I'll give it to 2 possibly 2 pips? yeah so that's a big it's yeah. yeah, it should. It feels a little below. It would be really at two point five, but we're not doing halves, yeah. so uh, I'll Another be conservative. Yeah, we gave it three right on the pilot. Yeah, yeah, uh, so the pilot was was okay, but it wasn't anything that blew me away like lots of other pilots I watched. So if if I gave that a three, that means this is that de- this was definitely, you know, so a one... lower energy.
0: Okay, so this one two, two, you, two. Yeah, two and you know. dropped a little bit in terms of yeah. the energy. Two B, 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 B Two. <laughs> um I I I agree.
1: Hmm.
0: I think it's a two pips, but it's a solid two yeah, pips. Yeah, it's a
1: solid two pips, it yeah.
0: You know, I didn't struggle. It wasn't yeah, to no, I'm there. not being it, generous
1: or anything. I've i been conservative. So it's a solid two pip.
0: Yeah, I think it's a think solid so, two pips. Yeah. Um Hoshi was great and um I felt that What I think what I like most about this episode was it kind of, even though it was down in energy compared to the first one, Mm. it did kind of breathe a little bit and it kind of allowed, there was room for this character to kind of begin to grow on us and give us an idea of who she is. So I kind of like the the space it gave
1: Mm.
0: a little bit. Um, Overall, in terms of the, the visual look of it, it still feels a bit grayish. and. That kind of thing, and everything's a bit.
1: Yeah, it's definitely m- more somber than what we used to. Definitely a little bit more other. somber
0: overall.
1: There's not, there's lots of dark blues, lots of hues of blue and grey, and yeah. industrial feel. Yeah, very industrial. Uh,
0: yeah, so it's it still has that, and obviously when an episode's kind of melancholy like this, it can.
1: It can. It, it can. feels worse than can, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Add additional sort of feelings with that probably aren't yeah. there. But um, yeah. It, it's okay. but What
1: I did like about it, uh, which I think this is the reason why it's a solid too, it's that th- there is like you were saying the exploration of the character. Although it's just the beginning of an exploration, I'm sure uh, there will be more. You know, as the as story uh, develops, as, as, as the series goes on. Right. Um, but we did see if you look at the episodes as an individual piece we see the continuation and the sort of the hero journey of how she feels at the beginning the challenges that she faces and the results right at the end
0: she changes at the end yeah
1: so i think that was kind of well done um so that's why i think it's it's a good solid two
0: yeah yeah and it's like you said, because it's, because it's the beginning. They let it breathe. They yeah. kind of open things up. It it gives us room to see where else she's going to go and yeah. what else. You know, what's the next thing for Hoshi yeah. to learn and to overcome. So.
1: And and I'm sure because it's still early days. Obviously, yeah. this is the very very first contact they they have. Yeah. So I'm sure then the future episodes and future adventures and all these life forms they're going to encounter um, by the time that sort of the series is over she might become a completely different character you know like very out uh, um, outgoing very uh, um, confident Confident, and you know it could be that very much that so we can see the full spectrum of changes in our behavior right
0: yeah it would be interesting to see um, how it goes with Oshi and yeah. That arc that she goes through. So yeah, yeah let's look out for that and we we'll can come back and listen to this episode again and then later on yeah. we'll see how she's changed later on. Um so yeah, that's it. Um two pips each for us. Yeah, two pips. Um Fight or Flight was directed by Alan Croker and written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, Braga, sorry, two legends of Star Trek. And I think for our episode MVP Hoshi
1: for Hoshi sure. Hoshi for sure. Yeah. Linda
0: Park as Hoshi, she was great. And best line of the show, again, was Hoshi um, to Malcolm, to Reed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, when they first go on to the ship,
1: yeah, the first the time, scenario, yeah.
0: and um, she says to him, well, at least we know they're bipeds. Yeah. And then he says, what gives you that idea? And she said, the ladder.
1: Very. <laughs> it was I'm a great so, line. Yeah.
0: yeah. I quite like that line. That, that was a good one. Um, so, MVP and the best line of the show to, to Hoshi. Hoshi Sato, in the park. yeah. She was good and that's it that's our podcast for today thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed what you heard don't forget to treat your ears again by subscribing to Riser and shine at anchor.fm spotify breaker radio public google podcasts
1: and if you want to leave a like uh send us a comment say hello uh, you're more than welcome you can find us at riser and shine on facebook um and you can also send us an email to rise and shine Podcast at gmail.com. Cool.
0: Join us here next week, where we'll be discussing season one, episode four. Um, it's called Strange New World. All right. And apparently in this one, Archer sends an away team down to check out a luscious new planet. Ooh. But then a storm occurs and the team begins to experience paranoid delusions.
1: Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, though.
0: I'm looking forward to that one. You have a theory Is that, that it's they're off ship, it's instantly like 25% better episodes yeah yeah so this one looks so we're off ship with this one paranoid delusion Surely.
1: Yeah. luscious I like Sh- the word luscious luscious
0: planet me. you yeah. always know when it's a nice m-class habitable planet something yeah gonna, something's, something's gonna go, gonna go gonna down right. yeah. yeah yeah so looking forward to that one
1: yeah let's yeah. let's oh is would that be the f- sort of first episode that we didn't get to see I think yes. so right we, yeah
0: yes Technically, we may or may not be back. You know, we should be back <laughs> next week. But technically, this was new territory next week. Yeah. 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 So let's see. Yeah, looking forward to that one. All right. All right. This is Riser and Shine with Jason and Michaela. We're off to the mess hall where apparently there's a big food fight happening. Oh, gosh. Let's do it. See you on the bridge next week, guys.
1: Bye.